Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. It is Friday, and we are looking at John Favreau's 2008 film Iron Man with our guests closing out the week with us, Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez from the Cornetto Minute. Hello. Hey, congratulations on hitting the hour mark, gentlemen. You are with us as we crack the first hour of Iron Man. What a feeling. What a feeling. On today's show, a minute 60 starts with Obadiah telling Tony that he's got to give him something to turn this thing around. And it ends with Tony making his first successful landing. Mm -hmm. This is a good minute. We've got some good stuff going on here. It starts off, we're still up in Tony's living room, finishing up this conversation that Tony is running away from, I guess you could say. He's taking his pizza and he's going. And get to wrap up this scene with him and Obadiah and Pepper. Yeah. It's kind of funny listening, watching this one after our conversation yesterday uh, about you know, Obadiah's relationship with Tony and just how much they knew about Obadiah's character in this scene when they shot this scene, as we were kind of speculating about, you know, did they know he was going to be Ironmonger in this movie? Did they know he was going to be our big bad at the time they shot this scene? Because this is an important scene in their relationship. And it also gives us this nice little turn right in the first, you know, 20 seconds where we get to see, even though they're fighting, There's this lovely moment where he says, you know, I'm keeping Obadiah says, I'm keeping my pizza, but here you can have a piece. Take it with you. And (laughs) and I just I love that moment because they're like collegial, you know, like they're still they're still hanging with each other, even though we know eventually where things are going to go. Sure. It it adds an element of pathos and tragedy, Mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of not to bring up Spider-Man 2 once more. But, you know, to a lesser extent, you really care about Peter Parker and Otto Octavius's relationship in that movie and it feels like something is lost when the two finally come to computer animated blows and it's a little it's a little (laughs) less defined here you don't quite get who tony and obadiah are to each other whether it's more paternal or brother or mentor mentee but there are there there are moments of humanity between the two of them like this little pizza moment that make it more interesting yeah it it reminds me of the moment we had earlier with them after the press conference when tony he leaves and obadiah comes and finds him at the big arc reactor and they kind of have that initial conversation and he looks at the mini arc reactor on his chest and it's just it, it does feel like very that scene felt very you know uh paternal he's like you know i was i told your dad i'd take care of you whatever it is it, it has that kind of that paternal vibe in and i feel like this scene's developing that a little bit where it's a little bit of that paternal feel still you know tony's kind of acting like that that spoiled teenager but there is kind of that that partnership i feel and i feel like the way that they kind of act there's a little bit of that back and forth that feels like they are on kind of equal footing yeah it's nice and there's a there i mean and and the thing about this is that obadiah has absolutely has a point i mean oh sure he comes back he says they're not going to do weapons anymore okay great well what are we going to do well i don't know and i got no ideas because i'm focused on this other thing (laughs) and it's like okay yeah that i can't tell you about okay well can we do something about this thing and i mean this thing in your chest seems pretty cool like you know it's renewable energy it's you know it's a whole thing like we could we could switch gears and switch to that no you can't have that either and it's like well you gotta give us something man because like we're we're literally a company doing nothing but twiddling our thumbs right now it makes a lot more sense with uh, obadiah wanting to kind of take over the company 
because all of that feels so much more in line with a, a, a CEO of a company who all of a sudden is just running the company into the ground. And yeah. you can see why the investors are trying to close him out because it makes perfect sense. You wouldn't want somebody like that leading your company. It's very different from the way it was in the comics where Obadiah was a competitor who who came in and actually bought out Stark Industries when uh, Tony was having his alcohol issues. I, I I really like what they did with the film. Yeah, absolutely. I also like that we get a great stretch from Pepper in the back. Uh, clearly not very interested in this conversation. She's just like, I'm just, I'm sitting back here bored working on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, she has, she has her own, I mean, she, has, she probably has her own fires to put out and stuff to do. She's back there building the Goop website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Preparing for all those future lawsuits. Yeah. He's busy laptop. It's like if you watch The Office, sometimes if you watch like the background actors, they're working on the scripts for The Office because they were also writers. <laughs> oh. Yeah, right. That's exactly <laughs> She's right. working on Goop. We go from up here as this guy. Did you guys have anything else upstairs? No, I mean, I, other than when he opens that box of pizza, that pizza looks disgusting. It's it's just so cold and, and dried out. It's like end Ugh. of the workday pizza. Yeah. Oh, it is not good. It definitely answered the question. There is no raised pizza oven on the Stark jet or that pizza would have looked great. Yeah. That's what I, that was what I was hoping that we would answer. And we answered yeah, it. Unless we're to believe that just uh, Pepper and Obadiah did that by themselves. <laughs> just made that pizza look awful. Yeah, it's like even tossing it around. It's like it's none of it's connected because it's yeah, it's none of it's connected. Oh, it's like sliding on the yeah, when you when yeah. you cut a pizza, like it's still the cheese still makes it kind of stick together. Yeah, even when you cut it into slices, this pizza there's like no weight to it anymore. No. It's just like all dried up. There's no moisture to it. Pizza's got to have some moisture to it. It's like Obadiah went to a, a, a New York pizza place and then went around and built a pizza out of one slice from everybody's pizza <laughs> in the place from all the rays pizzeria yes yeah he didn't know which tony would like and so he was getting he was trying to spread it around one is yeah. Ray's famous one is yeah. famous Ray's, and it's really disappointing because i that is not one family no. pizza and it's disappointing i feel like tony stark the movie was able to make burger king cheeseburgers look really delicious yeah. earlier in the movie and yet it's unable to do so with like new york pizza which just seems like a travesty i feel like the box bends and the pizza like peels the more i look at the pizza it does look like pizza that's been sitting on set for a very long time yeah that's that's what it looks like yeah it's like weird prop pizza i'm not into it (laughs) but then we get to jump back we go downstairs with tony and we jump back into uh our favorite garage set yeah this is the grand payoff yeah no payoff's a great word and i was really i don't know like watching these minutes in a row, I was really surprised at how quickly the payoff to him flipping and hitting the wall and getting like uh, getting sprayed, like we're already getting the payoff. And it's kind of there's something to be said that this is like 59 minutes into the movie, an hour into the movie, and we haven't seen the Iron Man suit yet. Mm-hmm. And like, how right. do you keep the audience from getting bored? How do you trick them into not caring that you haven't seen Iron Man yet? And I think the secret is you give the audience these little victories and payoffs to like. We know this guy just got his butt handed to himself when he flipped. And now we're going to see him master the repulsor rays. We're going to get that little catharsis. And I think it's those little trick, those little tricks that keep you from caring that we are, or you aren't seeing like big summer action yet. Yeah, absolutely. And we do get the answer. We were asking in earlier minutes earlier in the week, uh, how long has he been doing this? 
This is day 11. Oh, wow. Day 11, test 37, configuration 2.0, as he says. He's a fast worker. He is a fast worker. Well, I was, you know, I was looking at it. It's like, you know, he still has scars on his face. And I was like, oh, that was probably from when he slammed into the ceiling. And I'm like, no, no, he had those earlier. So he's kind of continued to have these little, these little marks on his very tiny. Uh, and actually, by this minute, I think they're gone. But in the previous minutes, he kind of still had them. And it was like, I think that they were the the final remnants from his time escaping from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And he's also he's not partying anymore. Right. He doesn't really have like a social life. He is basically working. He's working in his basement 24-7. I mean, he says, you know, Obadiah, like no more press conferences. He's being... He's keeping himself out of the public spotlight. So I think he's basically in his basement 24-7 working on stuff. Yeah. So day 11, that's like, you know, full-time inventor hours. Yeah. 20 hours a day, probably. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he has coffee cups everywhere. <laughs> Upside down. Upside down coffee cups. I do have a question about the Iron Man suit just in general, because here we have him sort of inventing how this technology is going to work right you're gonna have the repulsor technology you're gonna have the the feet be the main power source the main sort of rocket boost source and then you have the arms to sort of counterbalance yourself the flight stabilizers right right right. um and we see him doing this and it's a it's a struggle right he is having a hard time like sort of staying upright you know, and it's and it's it's hard to keep your balance. It's weird. It's something that you're not used to, you know, and it's really great because you're like, oh, yeah, I did. This makes sense to me. It makes sense that this would take a while to figure out because, you know, that's it'd be like uh, balancing on a on a on a big, you know, bouncy ball or something. So I really like that ab- about it. However, it does cause questions about all of the guys, all of the people who wear Iron Man suits in the future who aren't him who pick it up like it's nothing real quick. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah, which kind of an example to bring it back to what you guys are talking about in the first couple of minutes, which is we lose a little bit of that grit, that grounded energy. Yeah of like this is how this machine works yeah. it kind of becomes like cg fantasy suit world because even Ob- obadiah stain who had never worn a suit uh, he hadn't even seen his completed suit and then he like shows up puts it on and it's just like you know re- yeah, he's able to go into a rock'em sock'em robot battle yeah i like it yeah exactly We're murdering yeah. people um, effectively and that's to say nothing of that's to say nothing <laughs> of roadie in the next film or pepper, pepper in the third film uh, it, they, well, I think by the time we're in the third film, I mean those are all like self-controlled. So I, I don't even think Pepper's doing anything in that in that particular. She's just case. going on for a ride. She's, yeah. Uh, like at that point, it's easier to do it mm. because he's like you say, he doesn't like to yeah. redo his redo. I guess it. that's true. I guess that's true. Or Bruce is in like a Hulkbuster. Oh yeah, war. that's right. It's just like being the Hulk. Yeah. Dippity dippity too. <laughs> well, it's almost like it's almost like this moment of Tony learning how to pilot the Iron Man suit. It's and it's it's not fair to do it this way, but it's almost like by having him learn how to do it here, he's in a way uh, learning it for everybody in the in the MCU. Like yeah. they're all kind of. We're, they're all he's a vessel right he's the vessel and and as he learns they're all learning right without knowing they've learned it right it's, <laughs> it's like, like oh, go ahead. i was gonna say it's kind of like why he isn't weirded out when like friggin' aliens show up in infinity war it's because he's kind of absorbed our own like, <laughs> we're used to it so he is too <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> 
They sort of have to, because if we, I mean, you imagine how just insufferable these movies would be if we had to go actually go through the learning process with every one of these characters, oh, yeah. you know, like there, it, it would be impossible. It would just be impossible. So it, it's earned for the universe. But imagine, imagine how big that laugh would be in Iron Man 2 if the first time Rhodey put on the suit and turned it on he he went he went slamming into the back wall and and the thing sprayed him with the <laughs> with the thing again I, that would have been a that huge been brilliant. that would have been a huge laugh and then you just do a show what it a once. great setup and payoff that would have been truly yeah. between both movies oh yeah and then you just show it once you show it once and you have like I don't know you have Tony like clapping off camera or something <laughs> um, and, yeah yeah, and then and then you cut to he's got it and everything's fine. It would have been huge. You're right. Missed opportunity. That would have been fantastic. But anyway. <laughs> so we're back in the garage and we've got all the cars. We got all the cars. We have dummy and you. Yous again holding the camera and watching you hold the camera and because uh, we get that we kind of uh, dolly around that that camera with that you is holding and that is like the sloppiest held camera <laughs> and it's just wobbling all over the place so it's amazing to me that when we cut to the footage it's it's as stable as it is because it just it really doesn't look like it should be you're talking about use camera use camera yeah, yeah use the one like on the right vibrating in the in his little yeah. little robot hand <laughs> But yes, as we did, as you did uh, point out, Pete, we do have all the cars. We've seen them before, but boy, do you get a great shot of the lineup here as he as he takes off. You've got the Audi R8, the 1967 Shelby Cobra, the Salina 7, the Tesla Roadster, and then those uh, custom motorbikes from Zero Engineering, the Samurai Choppers. Quite a lineup. I clearly don't know my cars. I only know them because the internet told me. <laughs> I'm terrible with with cars, too. It's really savvy, though. It probably did do worlds to connect Tony Stark to a different kind of audience. Yeah, where it's like, well, yes. I don't like, I don't like these comic book that stuff, but I love the, this dude has really sick taste in cars. Yeah, and he looks like oh, he looks like a grease yeah. monkey half the time in this. Yeah, in yeah, this movie, he doesn't look know? like Elon Musk. Right. Yeah, he looks like somebody who works on cars. Like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he could have gotten the specs for these cars from the developers and built them himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As much as he's doing all this smart stuff, you know, you can kind of imagine him rebuilding that that '67 Cobra. You know, I mean, that's yeah. a that's a of all of those things, that's a a deeply mechanical machine. You know, we're not talking about computers and. Uh, like in those, uh, like in the Tesla, this is something you you actually have to get dirty to make this thing go, and that's that. You're right. I mean, that connects you to, or at least vests you with an understanding of who this character is. Uh, even uh, even now, sixty minutes into the movie, you you get this kind of this picture of who this guy is. Yeah, and like we get we we we're with him with his little victories mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. he get when he's getting it and he's getting the hang of it. We're we're with him and we feel like oh yeah, and he hasn't even hurt anyone yet or or stop stop the crime yeah he's still figuring it all out mm-hmm. it, it works so effectively and again going back to favreau who i just think is a genius at the way that he transitions through all of these scenes of tony's work you know we see him designing it we see him working on the boot and we see him testing the boot he now needs flight stabilizers we see him making the arms and testing the arms and now we see him using the boots and the flight stabilizers all in one fell swoop at the one percent and it works and it's just it's it's a thrill to kind of see him going through the process and like we're right there with him so when he finally does take off in this and he manages to kind of control it 
we're just as thrilled as he is that he actually, you know, is kind of hovered and flown in in uh, his uh, his garage for a minute. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and this is this is sort of a, a larger conversation about about the MCU. I know we can never go back. I'm aware of that, but you know, part of me really misses Phase One, um, and yeah. what these movies yeah. felt like, and what they made me feel like. Now I just feel like I'm constantly saying to myself, "I can't believe I'm seeing this." You know, like that's sort of <laughs> what I'm saying every time. Like I can't believe I'm watching a movie about a talking tree and a talking raccoon. Um, you know, I can't, I can't believe <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing like Th- Thanos and you know Tony Stark in space, and like I can't, I can't believe I'm seeing you know this and that. Um, but you know, back in phase one, it was, they were just trying to make good movies and that was it. First and foremost, they weren't trying to like push the, the overarching MCU narrative forward. They were just trying to make good movies. And I kind of, I miss this tone. I miss this vibe. And again, I, I, I'm saying all of this with the absolute understanding that we can never go back. Uh, no one would ever accept this era of, of Marvel ever again. Uh, but I do, I do miss it. I really do. I was just thinking it'd be cool if, you know, we see it at the beginning of that, that end game trailer that Tony Stark is in somewhat dire straits. It'd be cool mm-hmm. to sort of bring it back around thematically instead of like, how does this guy get out of a cave? It's like, how does this guy survive in outer space? Oh my God. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that and how he uh, how he goes. But it, going back to this minute, it's it's so nice, and I think this speaks to what you were just talking about. But I mean, I feel like I mean, we've been talking about it all week. But I mean, this is Robert Downey Jr. in a rig, and he's kind of hanging um, in this interesting system where his he's rigged by you know he's got a waist harness and his it hoists him up um, with his feet, but his hands are kind of within it, and so the whole thing is like moving together. And if you watch the behind the scenes as he's doing it before they've removed it, it's, it's really interesting to see the way that they make it work and it makes it feel like it's really happening. And I I think that that's something we get here that just, that adds to that feel that you do get out of phase one where it just, it has that, that sense of physicality. And I, I really enjoy this moment because it just, it feels like a real success, like a physical real success. Absolutely. Interestingly, this uh, of of the different tests that we've been seeing, this one wasn't scripted, or at least it's not in the script that uh, that I have. It goes from that first test that we had to the final test where he actually flies over all the cars and everything. So it's interesting that some of these little bits and pieces like this weren't in there. I don't know if they came in later and said, you know, we really need some more to kind of get from A to B or A to Z better. And so they, these were like reshoots. I'm not exactly sure, but this is this moment when he finally makes it work. I mean, it's just, I just remember being so exhilarated when I saw it. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad it's in here. It's a 30 second beat in terms of cost to the film, like a 30 second, really just two cameras and an effect shot. Like Ugh, it's so valuable to the overall like tapestry of the film. It's so valuable. I can't like I of course I can imagine how exciting it is to to go without this uh straight into him taking off and going for his test flight, but to have this little beat right in the middle, uh, you know, seeing it undone again, it just goes back to my, you know, I, I know I have this weird, maybe unnatural appreciation for like getting dirty and milling metal and 
and the manufacturing stuff, given how little I do of it in my real life. <laughs> um, but this, like, this is earned stuff. Like, this just, it just gets your heart pounding uh, to see the human face on top of the machine. And we, uh, we just lose that as soon as he puts the mask on. Mm-hmm. I do question his, his logic based on the accidents that he's had so far of blasting himself into the ceiling and uh, blasting himself backwards with his flight stabilizer now all he's done he's in the same place he's just turned around 180 degrees and it's like if he has the same accident here he's going to land on his cars or he's going to crash through the windows and fall into the ocean i just feel like like he's got to have a better space where he can be doing these things so it kind of is like <laughs> I, I don't know if he's if, if his logic is the best but i don't think i, I guess i have to forgive him like but. i have no evidence that he has any of that like he's missing that what is that like a frontal lobe thing like there's a switch where he just he's so wealthy that he's not even thinking about those things like that logic <laughs> doesn't even exist i can't imagine that right yeah He's already blown the like he's completely blown a wall out with the repulsor test. Who knows what happened with his body impacting the other side? Like how you know they removed they they cut that out of your brain when you make your first billion. Is that <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, the one percent surgery? Yeah, I, it's it's funny. I uh, I'd like to think that he's got plenty of of spaces that he could uh, do secret experiments in his different facilities that probably would be better with like more pads, right? With more pads with uh without windows that lead to off a cliff down into the ocean <laughs> without all of his expensive cars right next to it but uh again it's it's one percent problems that tony's dealing with <laughs> uh well i don't have anything else for this minute do you guys have anything no no what we, a great we, set of minutes this week really great Thanks yeah for having us yeah, you guys got it landed on a really uh, it's a fun set of minutes. It's nice getting him uh, in this place where he's really kind of starting to figure out who he's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. He's getting strong now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, well, again, guys, thank you so much for coming on and joining us all week. Thanks yeah. so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to uh, do a last plug? Tell people where they can find you guys. I feel like we've been like this. This is the big plug, right? This is the montage <laughs> of plugs that we've been moving toward. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So we so Scott and I and along with a lot of other people are sort of channeling our love for superheroes and superhero stories into uh, an audio series uh, called Geek by Night. That uh, it's in its second season, <laughs> in a way. Uh, we, we in, an, in another, we've been working on the show for a lot longer than that, and uh, yeah, so it's available now to listen to on uh, iTunes app, podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts. And it's Geek by Night, and it is an original story audio series about a group of friends in their like late twenties, early thirties. It's a little younger than that, and they get superpowers, and it's about how it affects their normal lives, and it's about growing up and. Uh, it's also kind of inspired by our love of shows like Smallville and Buffy and <laughs> Smallville to a lesser extent, weird one out the gate. Weird one out yeah, the that gate. was a weird one out the gate. <laughs> that, more like, I, yeah, if, you, if you could have seen my face when he said Smallville, I was like, what? Well, like the OC, <laughs> Gilmore Girls, what would you say? Uh, yeah, I, bu- Buffy, I would say, I would say Buffy first and foremost. Um, sure, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely inspired by our, our love of Buffy and Spider-Man and, and the MCU. And it's, uh, it's, you know, we were talking a lot about, about watching people fail upward. Sure. Um, as far like, 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 uh, like Tony failing, learning, uh, changing, 
failing, you know, mm-hmm. going for. And uh, that's definitely uh, that's definitely our our, our underdogs. Yeah, for we got sure. a great cast of of really committed people mm-hmm. and, and writers and musicians and people that are really working for for free and mm-hmm. for the love. It sometimes feels like the biggest fans of the show are the ones making it. Yeah, yeah. And like we're you know, but in a really cool way. And we're, mm-hmm. we're but of course we always want more and more people to listen to it and enjoy it because that's why we make it. So yeah, check it out. We got about we got one season. We're working on our second season. We had a Christmas holiday special come out this this past Christmas Day, but mm-hmm. hopefully it's just as enjoyable. Awesome. Now. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and then uh, we have we have our we have our second season uh, premiere uh, this spring. So nice. Um, should be should be should be good. They're all like feature length episodes um so they take a while to make but they're all like little little mini uh superhero movies essentially what a fun idea i love that you guys are doing that absolutely link definitely in the show notes i don't want to break your plug but can i'm you know you're talking i'm naturally clicking around on the website what is immunities is that a separate thing yeah that's another a separate that, that, like an older yeah, show that, that, no that's another original audio drama that uh someone else makes for our for our oh, okay. site yeah all right um we don't we don't right. make that one but uh but it is, it okay. is and i won't even talk about that yeah one. it is also very good and 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 uh very very popular much more popular than geek by night because it's uh it's more uh horror sci-fi which tends to be more popular in the audio drama yeah. podcast land mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's funny. Gotcha. It's, it, it, yeah. we're, we're, right. we're, we're tickled by how how popular it is. Yeah, because <laughs> we we, 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 we work so hard on Geek by Night, <laughs> and then this other guy's like, "Hey, can I do a show on your network?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure, it's pretty good." And then we put it on, and it just blows up. And we're like, "Oh, that's <laughs> that, oh, is, that is really that's that's great." I mean, you know, we're so excited. You never know. <laughs> no, I'm so I'm so happy for him. It's amazing, but like, it's also just funny from our perspective because we're like, oh. Okay. <laughs> no, totally. I resemble that remark. I uh it's great. I just I you know, everything about all these properties have got you've got such great uh, uh artwork. I mean, whoever does your artwork is just wonderful. Like uh, there's just it, this is great stuff. Yeah. Subscribed. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you so much. You can find all of it over at just duelinggenre.com, right? Yes. That's correct. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Awesome, guys. Well, everybody, that is it for today's show, and we're closing out the week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. If you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash The Next Reel. Until next time, true believers. True believers.